Surprise, bitch. It's me, Darlene Sussman, with a new Tila Tequila-themed podcast series where I'll be recapping every episode of the first season of A Shot at Love. There will also be storytelling episodes. We'll get into Tila's life, we'll dissect the show and its cultural impact. I mean, honey, you wouldn't believe how many scholarly theses have been written about that little bisexualina. So get yourself ready, because this season has everything you want. The dives will be deep. The love triangles, sapphic. The trauma, generational. That is to say, it'll be gay, gay, gay. And what better way to kick off a gay odyssey than with a number one teen dream, Troy McKeady. Today we'll be discussing the first episode of A Shot at Love, and if you're dying for more Troy Boy, which I know you are, you can go to the Lay Do Patreon, where there's a cutie bonus episode in which we discuss the Girls Next Level podcast. I'll also be posting daily vintage gossip blog entries, and every month I'll be randomly choosing a patron from the $10 tier to co-host a bonus episode with me. So, trot your twat over to the Patreon, and let's have some fun, shall we? And I'm saying this on tape. She hit me last night for no reason. Firebrush's movie bomb. I mean, it, it, it does beg the question: What has gone wrong with young Hollywood? Honest to God, what is the problem? Hello and welcome to another episode of Lady. Do you remember this? I am here with my king, <laughs> my treasure. Troy McKeady, how are you? I am so, 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 so good now that I'm here with you. I'm so excited. Uh, and to to open up the season with me and Tila Tequila, I just couldn't be more thrilled. Troy, tell me tell me about your, your memories of Tila Tequila. Take me back to 2007 or actually like 2003. I'm sure yeah. you were up on the myspace <laughs> come on come on we're we're not amateurs here okay we weren't like oh who's this tila tequila on mtv like right. we, we were aware yes he was already a global superstar to me at that point um yeah so i was a, a very very intense myspace girly like i don't think i've ever to be honest with you i've i haven't embraced social media as intensely mm. since space like, I've never been so involved in something in my entire life. And to me, Tila Tequila was like, you know, it was like such a, a, a different thing to be. It was so novel to be famous for having a lot of internet friends. It was like so unique. So like, that is the coolest thing I could ever imagine. Like being famous because everybody on the internet wants to be your friend. And I remember at the time, like, reading about how Tila Tequila basically had, like, partnered with Tom of of MySpace fame, the creator of MySpace, to, because she was famous on Friendster, which yes. a lot of people probably don't even know what that is, but it was, like, the first, truly, like, the first of all the social medias, and she had, like, however many hundred thousand friends on Friendster, which was, like, un, unheard of. So Tom, like, used her to make MySpace successful, and he would put her in people's top eight, and she was such, I just thought she was the coolest thing I had ever seen. And then to see her on, like, real magazines, like, she would be on, like, Stuff Magazine and, like. Yeah, Maxim and FHM and, oh. Yeah. 
I was like, oh my god, she's so cool. And she was also just like beautiful. She was stunningly beautiful. That is one thing, like, I feel like she um, does not get enough credit for, which, you know, I don't know if anyone necessarily deserves credit for this, especially um, when there's someone like Dila Tequila. But she was just so gorgeous. Like, watching uh, Shot at Love, I was just like, this woman is unreal beautiful. Yeah. And I always felt like she had a different, you know, there was like a handful of girls that were um like the superstars of MySpace. Like mm-hmm. there were people who were like in quotes MySpace famous, but then there were the people like her and Jeffree Star and like Forbidden and you know the the real like celebrities of MySpace. But I felt like there was something about her that felt so different. Yeah. Magnetic and she had like real genuine star quality. And there was just something about her that made you want to look at her constantly yeah there was such a a star power to her like i don't she is so beautiful and she like just has this incredible voice mm-hmm. like she just feels like so fully baked and she's also just such a personality like she has such a strong point of view like there wasn't it wasn't like her trying to find who she was going to be like she just instantly was mm-hmm. this character yes Ugh. Yeah. And she was living her life on the internet in a way that was like, it's like very common now, but at the time it was like really taboo to be filming yourself. Like, like I remember I used to watch videos of her just like drunk in her home and she would be wasted for like four hours on the internet. Like, yeah, she was the first one doing it in that very sort of raw, messy way. And of course, like that raw messiness turned into like it went from like, you know, videos of her in her living room drinking wine and being kind of weird to then like TMZ videos of her being weird to then it just escalated and escalated and snowballed and snowballed until, you know, all of a sudden it was like her and Casey Johnson. And it was just like really, it got extremely dark. Mm-hmm. That was the thing about Tila Tequila was like on any given day, her content could be so insanely dark and scary and then the next day, like, she'd be, like, playing with knives and, like, doing weird shit, cutting her tongue. And then the next day, she's, like, doing a, a bikini photo shoot, you know? Like, and it's, like, we're back to, like, bubblegum pink and, all, you know, it was crazy. Yeah, I, I think there was one time in maybe 2010 or 2009 and she went on, she, like, had a video of herself putting a gun in her mouth. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah, it... <sighs> I feel like it all kind of started escalating after the show. I feel like up yeah. until that point, you know, she was still, God bless, a very mentally ill woman. But it seems like it really went off the cliff after she got more mainstream success. Well, do you remember when she had like a brain aneurysm? Yes. And it was like all of a sudden, everything from that moment was different. Like, I'll never forget right after that happened, she did. She posted this, or no, it wasn't even something she posted. It was a paparazzi thing where she'd gone to the grocery store and she was like walking around the grocery store, like showing her thong, like just doing, like rolling around on food. And she was there for hours, like just using the grocery store as a prop for the paparazzi to film her. And she was so out of it. And I remember people writing about how, like, post her brain aneurysm, like, she was just, like, not the same 
Yeah, it. She also, they're right before the aneurysm. So I don't know if medically how this works. I'm but a mere podcaster, not a doctor, um, if you guys don't know. Um, but she also had a concussion pretty yeah. like kind of close to the aneurysm. I don't know if that maybe could have caused. I don't know if concussions can lead to aneurysms. Yeah. But either way, concussions are very bad for your mental health, especially if you're already predisposed to having mental health issues. Yeah. You know, that brain is a real delicate, delicate little creature. <laughs> she's an angel food cake spawn. She really is just like, there's, she's just, it's, it's scary. I remember as a teenager being like, that is so wild that she could change so much overnight. And it, like right after it happened, it just started snowballing so fast and everything got really, really, really weird and really amped up. And then the end result of it was like her denouncing Tila Tequila. Yes. Like, and then she was Miss Tila. Miss Tila. Yeah. Miss Tila. And being like, all of that was fake and Hollywood made me do it and they're all evil. And then she became a Nazi. You know, the natural <laughs> progression. I kind of look at the, you know, Nazi part of it as kind of its own thing. Like she seems like a barely functioning individual once that started to um, come out. But I was like, okay, before that, like, was she a good person or was she just kind of like chaotic neutral and then became chaotic uh, evil? Like, and I kind of, go back and forth because i do have so much empathy for her like reading about her backstory it is like the most incredible amount of trauma mm -hmm. that she went through as a child but despite all that she put out there like i feel like i still am not entirely sure who she was as a human being i think that that's i think anybody who claims to know who mm -hmm. she was being is probably wrong yeah it's it's such a blurred line and the way that we knew her was so, you know, it's like we only knew her through MySpace. Mm -hmm. There wasn't like a million social media apps to, you know, like certain celebrities, like they're different on different apps. Yes. And like there are certain apps where you get to know them in a different way. Like being a TikTok celebrity versus an Instagram celebrity is basically night and day. Yeah, completely. You can be Roberts on TikTok, but Emma Roberts on Instagram is like two different people. Whereas back then, like you just had this sort of MySpace filter of who a celebrity was. And I saw Tila as this like bubbly, kind of manic, like kind of like attention seeking girl who was like clearly had some some mental health issues going on, mm -hmm. but like most part seemed like a decent human being. But, yeah. Like, true. That's what I I because there's also so many aspects of um, of her personality. Like, if you're really like combing through her her old blogs, or I um I got her book and I've been reading that, and like there are moments where I'm like, this feels like very sweet and very earnest. And um, she talks a lot about how she is this like very sweet, sensitive person, and people don't see that part of her. And um, I'd find myself getting very um bit snowed by it for, perhaps and i'm like is it is she really that person like is that in there or am i just like 
way too immersed in this and yeah. I'm just getting Stockholm syndrome. Well, I totally agree with you when you said that it felt like, like where a lot of people learned who she was, it felt like a lot of people think, found out who she was post her sort of like losing it a little bit. Yes, absolutely. And- that became the narrative that this girl, Tila Tequila, is a Nazi and she's this crazy racist and she's, you know, a, a mega church crazy woman who goes up and prays on people. And it's like she wasn't that person years before. And to me, like that all just felt so clearly just a, a response to like some extreme shit going on with her brain or mental health. I don't yes. draw, Like that was not a. I mean, that's like walking past a person on the street, like screaming into a megaphone, crazy shit and being like, that's who they are. And that's Absolutely. who they are. It's like, I don't know. I felt like it was a result of a lot of things. I completely agree. Like when you go on YouTube and you look for any sort of Tila Tequila deep dive, it's always just completely centered around her spiral, the breakdown, how she ruined her life. It, it's all leading towards that. Yeah. When in actuality, by the time she was saying all that stuff and going to Nazi rallies, she was largely completely irrelevant. Like, yeah. there's this long span of time where she was the most relevant and none of that was a part of her at all. I, oh God, that's such a good point. Because that, to me, represents the end of her career. Yes, absolutely. Whereas other people think that's what she's famous for. And it's like, well, no, she was famous for like 10 years before that for something for something totally different and i mean this is a girl who would like perform at like warp tour and shit you know like yes she was very 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 famous and she fell off and then became like a weird gary Busey person yes it's very interesting to me that anyone um even has interest in her downfall when it's seems like they have no awareness of who she was before that it's like oh why would you care that some random person who used to have a an mtv reality show that you probably barely remember is now a nazi like i feel like a huge part of it is because she's beautiful and because she's asian it's like oh wow this beautiful woman of color is a huge racist like can you believe it's kind of the same as people going crazy over Stacey Dash being that way. Yeah. Oh, God, that's such a perfect comparison. God. It's you know? so true. And it's even more so with her because it's like she she denounced her beauty in a lot of ways. Like, mm. you know, she got rid of the hair. She started, like, covering up. She stopped wearing makeup. Like, all the things that – because she was such, like – um, she was such a visually famous person. Yes. So then when she stopped, she purposely stopped being Tila Tequila, it was like people really lost it because it was like she gave up her beauty, the worst thing you can do. (laughs) It's like little women like, oh, no, Joe, your hair, your one true beauty. (laughs) The lack of respect for your beauty. Do you ever um, come across her video, her recent, like, like, she had a video a few, maybe, like, a year ago go viral, kind of, where she was, like, praying on, like, a stranger's child. Yes. So, I have come across that video. I have yet to watch it because I, I'm i going to, but I was like, 
Uh, I'm just gonna hold off on this one until um, I'm on like a great mental health day. But I, I did watch one video where she is with her daughter, and it is devastating. It is Mm. she is in front of her daughter, who's probably like two, maybe three, and she's like talking about being on Xanax and like overdosing and all of that. But she's saying it all in a very happy voice and the daughter is like laughing and they're like laughing with each other and she's like don't do xanax and kill yourself yeah i i'm terrified for her children like for real like she has posted some of the it's like you said stuff that i'm like i don't even know if i can watch this yeah because there's nothing i can do and this will stick with me and just knowing that this woman has full access to her children is like kind of scary yeah like saying i mean she for a while was like acting like a mega church leader yes like she goes into these like altars that's another thing where i'm like her personality is like shift where like she'll be super super like mega insane passionate about something for like a year and then switch to like a new altar personality i think when people heard about her having disassociative identity disorder i feel like people very much kind of thought that that was maybe a gimmick or like a thing for attention. With that said, and just the research I've done, it seems very likely that she genuinely has disassociative identity disorder. They don't even say multiple personality disorders, but that's what we hear and that's what we see in the media is multiple personality disorders and we're expecting it to be like, what was that United States of Tara? Yeah. People are just expecting Tony Collette walking out with a, a trucker hat. And the, but, like, that's not really what it is. Yeah. It's much more subtle than that. And it seems like she definitely is struggling with that. Yeah. I think if you followed her, it's, like, pretty hard to deny. It's, like, the most authentic I've seen somebody, like, as far as, like, YouTubers. Because so many YouTubers, like, claim to image cough, Trisha Paytas, cough, cough. Um, you know, YouTubers, like, that's, like, a thing where YouTubers were trying to, like, document their disorders and stuff. But, like, she was doing it during a time and that was, like, not a cool thing to do. Yeah. And kind of felt like you were peeking behind a curtain, seeing stuff that you shouldn't be seeing and, like, piecing it together more so. But I will say it was really, uh, it was fun to, like, escape and watch this episode. Yes. And, like, just be reminded of... Because I would say, like, by the time that this show premiered, that was, like, the height of Tila's MySpace fame. Yes. And then it kind of, like, plateaued and took a dark turn. But this show is, like, a result of all of the MySpace stuff. It's, like, the last chapter of that era of her career. Before you watched it, did you remember the shape of the series? Because for me, I, like, remembered nothing when i watched it again i was like oh i do remember some things but i was kind of coming in blind pretty much the same like i did i there were people that i was like oh yeah like when i saw like the one who won like the winner i was like oh yeah like i remember that they made it all the way to the end um i was honestly more so just shocked by what he considered entertainment at the time like i know wild to think how much we have matured entertainment wise because this is like i mean we may as well have been beating blocks together like we, it's like cool like it is so lowbrow it's so cheap it's so 
poorly executed. It's so poorly edited. Yes. There's barely a concept. Like, it's really a bad show. It really feels like they're figuring it out as they're going along. I feel like they're just having a production meeting every morning and they're like, uh, what kind of game should we do today? I don't know. Uh, let's have the guys put on high heels, I guess. Yes. And this is the idea that, like, I know not everybody thought this, but, like, a lot of people thought that these houses were, like, owned by the person. Like, I remember yes. people, this is Tila's home. It's a five-story mansion with pink and zebra walls. Yes. Oh, my God. I totally. Yes, I do remember that perception of people, like, people thinking that it was Brett Michaels' house. And it was yes. like, darling, darling, no. Or people being like, I can't believe that they disrespected Tiffany's house like that. Yes. This is your home. That is, you do not go into someone's home and act a fool. My goodness. Obviously, you've never been to Hollywood. Hadi. <laughs> um, but so the, the episode opens in a way that I thought was kind of interesting, where I had always expected that we're just like from the jump hey, we're competing against each other. But the whole first episode, it feels like it's almost a prologue because it just begins with Tila at first half of the episode, Tila with the guys. They think that they're just basically on The Bachelorette. And -hmm. then the lesbians come in and they think they're just competing with the ladies, which I find so disheartening to see the so much more so than the guys. Because the lesbians are all like, I can't believe I'm a part of something so groundbreaking. So lesbians. I've never, ever experienced this kind of get together with a bunch of other lesbian girls that are just like me. This is the first show about lesbians and love. Just to be a part of something so groundbreaking like this is just an honor. Disheartening is like the best word for it. It was so like oh, this is easy. And I was just waiting for the moment because I knew it was going to happen where like the guys would see the women and be like, oh, we can stop them too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, that was awful. And the women are of such a higher quality, maybe not necessarily like looks and dress wise. They they very much look and dress like the girlies from Rock of Love. Um, Yeah. But they're so much more mature than the guys, whereas the guys are like, truly the dregs of society no like they are like i was like even for like an old dating show this is they are really like they make i love new york seem like actual bachelors oh the guy marcus in the beginning and he is hanging out with all the other guys and a Dominico. I, I got a, I got a question. So sorry. Would you sleep with a guy for ten million dollars? We don't do it in Italy too. And a lot of these guys, unfortunately, they're scared about other guys, which is called homophobic. Homophobic. It's when somebody's scared of other guys. I guess it's like a disease. He goes. He goes. Whoa, man. We don't do that in America. <laughs> um. What do you not do? What is, can you explain what it is that you don't do in America? What are you talking about? Oh, yeah. And then he says, that's where no man has gone before. Actually, my my good man, plenty have, actually. And you seem to really, really, really be affected by this. It's weird. You're the only one that is so deeply to your bones affected Fact. by 
question. Like, oh my God. Like, oh my God, a hypothetical? (laughs) Not on my watch. (laughs) It was so, oh, it was so triggering. It was so triggering. The other thing that was triggering for me was in the beginning, Tila has all the guys bring her a present. Each of the guys brought me a gift so I could get to know them better. I was thinking about the gift I wanted to give you. Yeah. And um, I wrote a song this morning. Really? Yeah. I gotta find a way. I gotta find a way. I gotta find a way to get in your heart. <laughs> so I got for you right now. Thank I you. just cannot handle when reality shows force any sort of contestant to like come in and do their little one line and present their present like a little show and tell talent show. I just don't want to see normies and civilians getting creative, especially like slack jawed idiots. Like the true definition of idiots. Idiots. And, like, I know that they still, you know, it's like a tale as old as time that reality shows, obviously, like, they push this sort of narrative for, like, character. So it's like, this is the hillbilly. This is the the Italian or whatever. <laughs> uh, but, like, it's so, it's just so silly. Like, there's one guy that's, like, has a southern accent. So every time he comes on screen, it's like. <laughs> oh, yeah. Ashley, I think, is it. Yeah. Yeah. And like he's he's the big dumb idiot hillbilly. So he's like, my gifts from Walmart. Wow, thirty dollars for that, and thirty dollars for that. It's like it's so extreme. Yes, Ashley's so like country that he has no idea what he's saying. That's straight Walmart. Like, uh, <laughs> wow, uh, thirty bucks that, and thirty bucks that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's beautiful. I mean, it looks gorgeous on my dress and I my know, nails. It's black. I and know, black. That's what I was thinking. He has his innocence to him still. That makes it very endearing. <laughs> All right. Tia is a beautiful girl from head to toe. It's on to the break of dawn. Well, I want to ask you, did you, like, because I know for me, like, I I lived in a house of girls. Like, I had three girl roommates in college. So, like, these dating shows were, like, I don't even know if must-see TV is enough of a description. Like, it was, like, mm-hmm. there's no alter. Like, we are watching this. We are getting together. We're getting alcohol. We're going to get a bunch of bush lights or whatever natural ices and we are going to get wasted and get so involved like we were so emotionally involved in this like it was like everything was it like that for you it was like that for me but only with like the mtv bh1 dating shows i have never been a bachelor bachelorette girly i just for you I just always thought it was so, um, I thought they were just all like the most basic people and it was just so much like, uh, can you believe that we're here? The two of mm-hmm. us? Like nothing was really happening. I, I was watching Hoarders and Intervention. Yeah. You can't go from seeing a needle going into someone's dirty arm and then switch yeah. over to The Bachelor and like <laughs> get the same rush, you know? I agree. Switch over to like, I'm finally letting my guard down and it feels so good. Oh, are we going to go to the fantasy suite? Oh my God. Maybe, maybe we'll be intimate. Like, no, either fuck or get out of here. I don't care. Tonight's the night I tell him that I am divorced. 
I totally agree. This was like, they felt more gritty, more, they felt more real and more raw at the time. Like, yes, more and like young, they felt younger too. Yes, even though they looked so old for 25 year olds. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. 25. Yeah. Mm. Who who could say on that point? <laughs> Basically, the whole episode is just split into half boys, half girls. The guys give their presents. The girls, their means of showing Tila who they really are is wearing sexy lingerie, which I would argue not even really sexy or lingerie, just mostly like Legs Avenue costumes they got from Spencer's Gifts. Yeah, yeah, it was like sexy construction worker, sexy cop, sexy poker player, sexy nurse, sexy whatever. <laughs> like it was literally, it was truly was Leg Avenue costumes. I will appreciate the one butch girl coming in as Hugh Hefner. She really got nailed for that one, though. I'm the ultimate bachelor. I think that a butchie girl is so creepy. Good God. Girly, you're a lesbian. Like, you you can't. Uh, they creep <laughs> you out. Can we talk about the lines that they, like, because the little, the moments, the, the women really had some, like, truly cringe, but also, like, at least they gave effort. Yes. The men put absolutely no fucking effort into their gifts at all. Whereas the women, like, not only had to go in costume where the men didn't, they yeah. had to have, like, a weird quit, like a like a housewives. They had to have a tagline. Oh, my God. It, they did have housewife taglines. Yeah. Like, they really had to think about it. And it was so, like, it was just hilarious. Honestly, if I were Tila, I wouldn't be able to eliminate any of them because they all put in a very, very nice effort. And everyone I thought did like a pretty okay job. Honestly, I did too. It was super uncomfortable. And oh, can we also just have a moment for, t- for Tila's dress? Oh. Uh, oh. I, I could not take my eyes off of it. Just a stunner. Oh my God. It truly, it truly feels like so much harder to watch the boys first, see yeah. how truly goddamn awful they are, and then know that these poor women, including Tila, are going to have to come in and deal with these absolute nightmare humans. Just to give you guys an idea of the kind of talent that we're working with here, <laughs> one of the men at the very beginning says, I've never been with an Asian chick, but I love Chinese. Chinese. Oh, my. It's like, what the fuck? What the fuck is going on? Can you imagine them trying to do this today? Oh, my God. It just proves how far we've come. Mm -hmm. Because at the time, this was, like, groundbreaking. I mean, this was, like. Yeah. Look up any article about A Shot at Love that was written at the time that this came out. They talk about it like it's this crazy, you know, wild, like, zoo experiment. Like, it's, like, will it work? Is it possible that this could work? Are bisexuals real? You know, it was very that. And, like, it's hilarious because it's so lowbrow. And it's just, like, wow, it's so funny that we were watching this and being, like, yes, representation. (laughs) Yes. Representation matters. But. We weren't even saying that because no one had said the words representation matters in 2007. 
We were saying like representation makes me feel good. I feel like yeah. we're still like working out the kinks of the catchphrase. Yeah. Like bisexuals do exist. Yes, queen. But then, yeah. you know, Sex of the City was like, it's a layover to gay town. No, they do. Yeah. yeah. Hey. It's so funny. It's true. It's true. I mean, I remember being a little gay, like, I don't know, maybe 19 year old or however old I was and being like, finally, we're on the map. You know? <laughs> Finally, we're on the board, baby. We got some pieces going here. Let's play. Yes, yes. Ooh. Exactly who I want out there. Tila Tequila. Speaking for She's my me. people. <laughs> She's me and I am her. And, and like, even though in the same episode, there's so much homophobia. And like, so much homophobia. So insane. That's the other thing. The social experiment is... Well, are gay girls really gay? That's exactly, yeah. Will they will they let these men fuck? Are they really just bi? So if they're just bi, then maybe they're just straight. That's that was proven by so at the end of the episode they like she you know how she exposes the big secret that there are men women there and it's like the way that this they set it up where the men are like sitting poolside. And then the women come in, basically like at the uh, the bunny ranch. Yes, they come in a line and line up and pose in their bikinis for the men to stare at them. And as I feel like they're trying, they're trying to communicate that, like there's a chance that these women will all get fucked by men because what is bisexuality? Um, yeah, you know, I feel like a big thing that people used to say was, "Oh, are you really gay, or you just like haven't been with the right dick yet?" Like, yeah, yep. Oh, my God. Yes. And I feel like that was very much the thesis of the entire show, because there was never a question of like, well, maybe the men, maybe they'll kiss. It's like, nope. We tease that with Domenico saying for a million dollars. and No, don't you dare say that. Get your ass out of here. We'll kill you. Yeah. I almost feel like it would have. (laughs) Perfect. That was just insane. To say. But I almost feel like it would have done the show like a better. It would have given the show more justice to just be on like Playboy. Like remember, yes. like um, yes, yes, yes. Just go for it. Like just have this be a show where a bunch of people hook up and you know the, they're experimenting with each other. Because like tr- having MTV try and make this like like how what's the word how pal- palatable 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 for like kids basically yes because it was for kids the show was like for like high school age kids pretty much yeah it definitely was for kids like that is the target demo and on top of it it's who will she choose is she going to essentially be in the end straight or gay like she's not going to even though they don't say that explicitly it's kind of like she's never going to truly remain bisexual and like yeah. that is kind of saying that's what bisexuality is. Eventually, you will someday get married and be in a monogamous relationship, and mm-hmm. then you will have made your decision who you prefer. Which I also feel like for the time period, it's kind of telling kids like you will have to make a decision. Um, we're more open to you being gay now, but you will have to be monogamous and you will have to yeah. get married because that's why we're marching for marriage equality. 
<laughs> yeah, that's why Alex McCord is out there in a feed dress. <laughs> Bro, uh, I actually watched that episode last week. <laughs> oh my God, I love that. Great episode. But <laughs> if it were on, you know, HBO or something, or on right. the Playboy channel or something, it could have been a little bit more like, oh, well, maybe she'll choose two people or. Exactly. You like, know? Social experiment aspect of it, I think, could have been explored more if they didn't have to edit it for MTV at like 8 p.m. No. Also, I was mentioning that this show is a response to VH1 already being a successful, having the successful rollout of like eight different of love shows. Like, they already had Brett. They already had Tiffany. They already had Slave. Like, yes. that was all one, you know? And this was MTV's chance of being like, we can do this too. Eight years into VH1 already having this successful format. Like, let's give it a try, you know? That is such a fantastic point. And I, like, I'd recently watched um, Rock of Love. And it is so much better produced. And, it's... like, it's just so much better put together and edited, like, it's a lot more engaging of a watch. Um, yeah. Like, I feel like this is engaging to watch today only because it is such a relic. But I feel like Rock of Love and those sorts of shows were genuinely entertaining. Like, it wasn't as base as this was. There was an art to that editing. Even yes. Even if it does seem cheesy and goofball and whatever, like, there was an art to that style of editing with the sound effects and... Mm-hmm you know, creating characters, like, those producers were masterful at creating interesting characters where, like, I remember their names. I remember Rodeo and, and Ashley A and Farrah. Like, I know them because they were, they were fleshed out, like, in a really good way. Whereas this show, it's like, I don't know any of these people and I'll never remember them. And who would, you know? And that is so true because I do think that is why, like, looking back on the show... I know without a doubt that I watched every single episode when it aired mm-hmm. and I had no working memory of it. Whereas all the other dating shows, I could remember the characters like you could never forget Rodeo. Uh, right. Like, but yeah, it it just seems like we're not in great hands as far as storytelling because you also never really get the sense that you're going to get to know them in a way where, like, I find reality shows interesting, where it's you're really seeing other people's idiosyncrasies and craziness. Like, yeah. I we, we know we're never going to see Tila, like, having an episode or something. Right. Which I think uh-huh. if she was on VH1, we would see that. Agreed. And it feels like even with, like, the challenges, like, this week they're going to give me a gift and blah 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 they're just sort of plucking things that they've seen them do on the vh1 shows that have worked and they're doing them in a really watered down like poorly executed way where it's just like now we're doing this now we're doing this and now we're doing the thing that they do on the vh1 shows where everybody has like a some sort of relic and then you give it to 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 tila what do you think by the way about her um her cast off line of like like, your shot at love is over, so give me your key and bounce, homeboy. Benny, <laughs> unfortunately, your shot at love has ended. Drop the keys and bounce. It feels very much like every part of the show, they're just like, uh, okay, contestants, bring an outfit or whatever. Uh, Tila, can you think of a line? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. This is your job. 
okay? You guys are being paid the big bucks for this. These contestants just crawl out of a gutter and don't know their ass from their elbow. You need to take the lead here. Your shadow love's over. So give me your keys and bounce, bounce. homeboy. I was like, is she going to say that full thing each time? She was smart enough to kind of switch it around a little bit. But for yeah. the most part, she was still telling each person to bounce and leave their keys. <laughs> it's like, oh, God. I mean, it, it does not have the same finesse as uh, Brett saying, like, I'm sorry, but the tour is ended for you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me back the keys to my four-story mansion and bounce. It's like, okay. like make sure you say the word bounce. Oh, oh. Also, very important to note, the term hey girl, hey. How have we waited so long? I How mean, this oh this episode was a piece of history in the sense that we were introduced to the phrase hey girl, hey by mm-hmm. um, Keisha, was her name? Or Kesha? Keisha. Keisha. K-E-A-S-H-A. Okay. First and foremost, I have been one to be like, oh, hey, girl, hey. Oh, girl, you're on my toe. Ow. Okay, hey, girl, hey. Girl, I have not moved all night. She was like a little crazy girl out of the group. I mean, hello. Where's the pool? Um, hey, girl, hey. We have a little Where's visitor. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> Caution. That's right. Excuse me, but could you help me dust some sawdust out my tool belt? What? <laughs> Caution. I just can't believe that's where we first heard that line. Like, it feels so natural. Like, we all should have been saying it. How did it take so long? Well, because it became the millennial mating call. It was like, you could literally go out on your porch in college and scream, hey, girl, hey. And it was like a yodel in the Appalachians. Like, it would literally call all the girls to the yard. <laughs> Milkshake who? It's hey, girl, hey. And they really, they really pushed it. Like, they really, I mean, to the point that they were, there was like three or four different moments where she clearly wasn't saying it, but they just <laughs> edited a voiceover saying it. What? You know, and she she's voted out by the end of the episode, which I think is a travesty. Keisha, clearly you're a demolition project. Please come hang your key. I wish that she could have seen who I am, but she did see who I am. I never portrayed myself to be somebody that I wasn't. Coincidentally, just because of, you know, here or there, it brought me to this position, I guess, so to speak. Hey, girl, hey. I think she would have been, like, a great character, which I will say, this also maybe goes to show the lack of talent that we have on the producing end. Because if this were, like, Rock of Love or something, like, we had seen characters that there was no way that Brett would have chosen. Right. That they came up with a stupid reason, like, why they were still there. Like, there was one, one woman in, like, the first episode who is absolutely like drunk and wild and like, from Chicago. And she's like, don't let me with a good time. <laughs> and she keeps saying that. And like someone that there's no way Brett would ever choose, but they just like find a way to keep her. And they're like, um, we're going to let you sleep on the couch. Yeah. It's like, no, you need to keep Hey Girl Hey for at least another episode. Brett's like, she was so, like, she gave so much in the Jell-O wrestling competition. 
And, you know, she just killed it. So we have to give her another shot. We're going to let her sleep in the garage. It's like, listen, if we've got to pull out, then she can stay. I just think that's only fair for the viewers. Yeah. But I will I will say that God bless to make such an impact in only one episode of television. I also I feel like younger people may not understand the impact of Hey Girl Hey. I think we're trying as best as we can to give it its due here. But like, there's no way to really like impress upon the youth how important Hey Girl Hey was. Because like, okay, this is here's the thing. Now, like when when like slang terms and like like terms have they have like a moment, like they'll have Mm -hmm. like a quick moment, like TikTok. Yeah, it's really easy for everybody to like. Like, I actually joke about this a lot with my friends where I'm like, I always know I always know that a term is like on its way out. No offense to the girls. But like, you know, when like a middle aged woman is like saying something over and over and over and over and over and over. Yes. Like, I think Mm -hmm. Roman Empire might be. It might be time to kill Roman Empire even. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, everybody. You need to like realize that we're moving faster now. A certain point. If you've heard it too many times, just let it go. Just stop saying it. It's it's not even coming naturally to you, I think, probably. So, like, just, like, you can rest now. Roman Empire is gone. Kill it. And, by the way, not everything can be your Roman Empire. The point of that phrase is that it was, like, one thing in your life that you're upset. Gum can't be your Roman Empire as much as Starbucks and as much as fucking Apple Jacks. Like, you can't. And not everything is your Roman Empire. With that being said, turns back in the day moved way slower oh yeah so by the time it took over an entire culture it was like a year yes because if we're thinking about it 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 was so much more of a grassroots movement to have slang just really move through the culture if you wanted to be on the ground floor you had to um, be gay or be friends with gay people or friends with um, people of color you know who generally are the birth of the slang. Yeah. And then you knew about it. And then slowly over time, it would disseminate <laughs> through the culture. <laughs> and then by the time everyone was saying it, you still had a couple months where you would, you could say it. But then it would die down. And kind of in a really natural um, put to rest. Like it just tucked it in and sent it off to sea. The shelf life is much, you know, it's much shorter on these phrases and you see them now it's like before it was like you would just occasionally maybe hear somebody say something yes party or when you're hanging out it's like oh are you like are you and usually you would come off as the first person to ever say it because it was likely the people around you hadn't heard it now you just read it all day i'm, yes. re- I'm reading 60 year old white women say roman empire literally that- all day long Troy, that is such a beautiful point that we're reading it all day long instead of hearing it when we are amongst the people. Yeah, like at a party. And it's like so novel and it feels so cool, you know? Yes. Oh, it always feels so electric when you hear a fun slang term for the first time. Oh my God. Walking into a room in like 2007 and saying, hey girl, hey. Oh. B. Because sometimes terms like that just become, they're so, like you said, it's so natural 
Yes. That it makes you feel like, how have we not been saying this? And then it just slips right into the zeitgeist as if it was something we've been saying since BC. Yes. Well, hey, was that? It just, it was a moment. It was truly a moment in time. And, you know, as we always talk about, we're the old millennials back in my day, but gosh, <laughs> I wish you all could have experienced MySpace and Hey Girl, Hey. And, like, I know that there was a real darkness to MySpace. There was a real darkness. Sure. It was dripping in depression. Sure. But it hit different. It was a different kind of depression. It was the kind that felt good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh. I mean, you know, we just weren't all dopamine depleted at that point. We were just yeah. like, ooh, we didn't have phones. So we had to go online to get that. We had to go on the family computer to get our dopamine yeah. hits. And it hits different when you got to work for it. The other day, I saw somebody on TikTok saying that the internet was different when you would, you know, we don't leave it now. We do yes. not the internet, whereas the internet used to be something that we would put down and literally say BRB. And we would actually leave. Like we would go outside and like live a life and communicate and talk to people and like navigate friendships and relationships without our phones. And then you would go back to the internet and log on. And it was so rewarding to all day have not been on it and then get back on, on it. And the way it felt like such a treat or like something that you had to like steal time for. Oh, I mean, like even when uh, in high school where there was like more access to the Internet, but like we still didn't have smartphones, just like going to the library and oh trying to get around the, the the blocks and look at Perez Hilton and oh. like. You're talking to your friends like, oh, you know, you just like type this in and do that. And it gets around the block. And you're like, yes, at lunch, I am going to go read what is happening with Brittany. Yeah. For my for my 25 minute of solitude. Yeah, the news was moving fast, but there would have, I mean, like there would maybe be a chance that you weren't on the Internet for like six hours. Yes. So at that point, at, in 2007, six hours in Britney Spears terms was like 40 days. At, in six hours, the amount of shit that Britney Spears would do outside, I mean, that was like missing an entire lifetime worth of news. It really was. And it wasn't like, oh, you can just sort of scroll and scroll. You've got to be on your laptop or on your desktop and you have to go to the blogs. Does does everybody have this story and like oh I, did you see this story oh my god no and it's not just so easy as like um sending an instagram mm -hmm. like tmz or or a tiktok just directly to someone's account it's like oh you didn't see that blog post what i'm gonna email you the link no right i'm gonna sit down at lunch tomorrow and i'm gonna tell you all about it exactly that's why i feel like people like us who we're naturally just because now it feels like everybody in a sense is obsessed with celebrity and like you're sort of forced to be obsessed with celebrity now yes whereas like it really was an interest back in the day it was yes. like an cool interest and it came naturally to some people and there are some people who literally just didn't give a shit and it was okay now there aren't people who don't give a shit everybody gives a shit they're all obsessed and they all think that they're fucking press hoping that is, wow, that is another fabulous point. Being a blog girly, 
like checking the blogs all day, refreshing, 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 getting up early before you go to school so you can have a few minutes to read the blogs before you go. That was very niche. I had plenty of people in my life who did not do that at all. And now, I mean, because we have the endless scroll and the algorithm, it's just like you're going to get fed the celebrity news. You're going to get fed TMZ stuff the second it happens whether you like it or not. First of all, that's such a good point because you did have to make an actual effort. You had to make an effort to be interested in pop culture. Yeah. And it's it the cream rose to mm-hmm. the top. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I think that you can see that in like when Free Britney started and there was this like whole, there were millions of people who didn't know anything about what happened with her. Yes. There were tons of people who only knew that she shaved her head because they were forced to see it. They didn't know that she had a custody battle. They didn't know that all this stuff happened. Yes. It's because those people weren't interested and they weren't making an effort to keep up with stuff like that. And if you didn't make an effort back in the day, you just didn't know. It really was a subculture. The stuff that we saw was like the going to in and out every day, the going to the gas station, like the using the gas station bathrooms, the pumping gas, the going to Rite Aid, like. This, the mundane everyday stuff that like if you just so happen to be awake at 2 a.m. and you're on X-17 and four minutes ago, Brittany had a 60 car chase to BP. Like, you know what I mean? Like your average person was not aware of any of that stuff happening or even just like the which Tila was very much involved in the idea of like celebrity nightlife culture and like, yes awake for it because you also kind of had to be awake for that late night there was like a late night news thing it was like a everybody out in the clubs Lindsay stumbling yes. out girls are fighting in front of they do if you will you know what i mean like but it's happening at 1 30 in the morning and you have to be around for it you have to be around for it or like i remember because i was on the east coast and all of the good good was happening on the west coast mm. And waking up like, oh, my God, what special treats are on the blog today? Like, Lindsay went out with Nicole last night, and then they went to In-N-Out Burger, and Lindsay dropped her phone, and the paparazzi saw a text message, and now it's a whole thing. Like, it just moved so fast. So fast. And, like, yeah, because no one was really – it was just the blogs. It wasn't today where there was a clickbait culture where so-and-so posted this on their Instagram. Now all of these news outlets are picking it up. So there's so many opportunities for you to see what happened and like to not miss it. Before it is if you read Us Weekly, if you keep up with the blogs, you're going to hear about it. But like, unless it's a headline issue, nobody cares. And like, honestly, Should they even? We were living in a world pre-social media that was like what social media is today where we were just like, yes, tell me what you're getting at Starbucks. Yeah. Give me, give me it. More details, mommy, please. (laughs) There was an obsession with the mundane when it came to celebrity. Because now, you know, like you said, we are dopamine depleted and... We see celebrities, now they're shoving their shit down our face. I mean, they want us to watch them make coffees and they want they want us to watch them do everything all day long. Whereas before, seeing them do sort of like novel things felt so intimate. So there was like 
I mean, I can't even explain how many hours I spent watching the girls shop. Oh, oh my God. God. Remember the videos through the glass, through the the, the windows of every store? And just, oh, it, like just it, them at um, Kitson, like holding up jeans, like yeah. <laughs> putting them down. And like the impromptu, like, I'm trying stuff on. Wink. No, you know, I feel like maybe what it was is back then, because it was so new, it did feel truly intimate. Whereas now, because everyone's on the same page that like, oh, this is what people want. We kind of know that they're manufacturing the mundane. It's like we're not getting a special little piece of their lives. We're not getting something that no one else does. Well, honestly, it's the reason that, and you and I have talked about this a million times, it's the reason that people like Paris and Lindsay have been able to rebrand. Like, especially Paris, because watching her do mundane things every day for years actually did give you a really good idea of who she was because it was so pure, raw. And it was like, I'm watching this woman bully people outside of clubs and I'm watching her smoke joints in the back of alleys and I'm watching her pretend to talk on her cell phone and in and out but like be talking shit about somebody like real whereas now it's like sure you're inviting us into your home but you're writing you're riding a segway scooter through your living room and saying slipping it's really not the same thing yes you're you're putting on your bejeweled gloves a new pair for every scene so we don't see that your hands have aged like god bless you can try and make it a thing but we know what you're doing and that is not an honest to God moment because I know you're not walking around your house with your matching glove set. She's actually going to a visa. She's the biggest DJ in the world. The biggest DJ in the world. <sighs> DJ in the world. 37 fragrances. Love that. Slaving. Now, now, Miss Paris Hilton is is someone who needs to take our advice of learn when to let go of hello of, of a slang. Hello. Like I hate Girl. to to be a basic millennial right now and say um sliving's not gonna happen stop trying mm-hmm. to make sliving mm-hmm. happen but in this situation i must hearken to the mean girls and it's like listen if you compare sliving and that's hot there's just really not even to have lived through to that t- do you remember the clip of her that news clip of her on new year's where that guy's like paris everybody wants to know what's going to be the hottest turn of 2008 what does she say? She's what does she? She doesn't say that's hot. She says, There's a, a phrase that is associated with you. That's hot. Yeah. One of the most popular phrases of 2005. Do you have any thoughts about a phrase for 2006? Um, loves it. Loves it. You heard it here first. On I Tuesday. think hot to sliving is just like a beautiful microcosm of what we're dealing with in in celebrity culture. Is that's hot was amazing because it felt natural. It, mm-hmm. it felt like, of course, sliving is like we're trying to manufacture something, <laughs> and it's just not gonna hit the same way. Like hearing it makes you squint until it makes yep. you kind of like it's um, not natural. You know how they there's I forget what you know if you get a bunch of monkeys into a room with typewriters and you have them work long enough they'll eventually come up with shakespeare or something or like yeah 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 if you put a thousand monkeys into a room they're not eventually going to get to sliving but they will get to that's hot and they will get to hey girl hey that's brilliant 
So think of that the next time you want to shop around a catchphrase. That is, and honestly, I've seen parents have to explain sliving too many times. It's like, if you've had to explain it for over a year, it's a mixture between slang and living. It's like, girl, give me a break. No, 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 no. Also, slay and living does not have staying power separately, let alone together. (laughs) My gal. It's so embarrassing. Oh, my God. Oh, but nothing will ever, nothing will ever come close to Hey Girl, Hey. God, Uh, we might have to start saying it again. Oh, I actually, I think we should bring it back. (laughs) I think so, too. We'll be like trailblazers at this point. It's been long enough. Come on. Samantha Jones at dinner, like, hey, girl, hey. Really hey, girl, hey. <laughs> oh, Troy, this has been a true delight. Not that that's a surprise because it always is. <laughs> I know, this was so fun. Thanks for giving me an excuse to watch that show again. Um, Troy, tell everyone where they can find you on the on the web worldwide. You can find me all over the internet at Troy Jean Spears. And yeah, and I host a podcast called Beyond the Blinds. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts. And yeah. Well, thank you so much, Troy. You are a gentleman and a scholar. And I love you so much. I love you so much.